0: Real people, real opinions, real talk radio—the
1: multi-award-winning Niall Boylan show.
2: Hits.
1: I want to talk about uh, Cleona's foundation, and I suppose with the relentlessly rising cost of living, which is dominating the news at the moment, and there is no indication that the rate of inflation is going to go down I any mean, in the near future, many families are struggling to make ends meet. And Cleona's foundation have noticed a 30% increase in the number of people applying to them for financial assistance. And these families are the ones who are already crippled financially by the non-medical costs associated with caring for a sick child. They are now once more disproportionately affected by rapidly increasing bills. They are Ireland's so-called forgotten families. And Cleona's Foundation is a unique national organisation providing financial support for families who are caring for a child with life-limiting illnesses. Uh, the foundation was set up by Brendan and Terry Ring following the death of their daughter Cleona from an inoperable brain tumour back in 2006, at the age of 15 years of age. And Cleona's, uh Cleona, has, they have basically provided financial support to over a thousand families across the country and the island. Uh, they also believe that that no family should suffer financial distress while caring for a seriously ill child. But in fact, sadly, they do. And many special families have received financial help, uh, which will share their inc- and they'll share their incredible stories. By the way, in a groundbreaking two-part documentary, uh, it's called Ireland's Forgotten Families, and it's starting tonight on Virgin Media Three. And to speak to us more about this, I'm joined by a mother who will feature in the documentary, Rita Dempsey-Dobbs, and a voluntary CEO uh, at Cleona's Foundation, Brendan Ring, will also be joining us as well. Good afternoon to both of you, by the way. Good afternoon. Um,
2: afternoon. Obviously,
1: you're a bit excited, Rita, about the documentary going out on television tonight and the reaction it's going to get and I suppose Mm -hmm. some level of newfound fame too maybe as well. Uh, But getting back to, I suppose, the financial distress and particularly at the moment with the rise of cost of living, maybe you could give us, you know, or explain to people your situation. I know you have five children and a stepson as well, five of your own children and a stepson. and And obviously, you know, well, tell us a little bit about your children first of all, and how you end up in this situation.
2: Okay, so um, as you said, I have five children and a stepson as well. Um, So going back just a few years ago, we were put in contact with the Cleaners Foundation through the regional um, nurse for life-limiting conditions in children. And so that's how I found out about Cleaners Foundation. Um, And it was literally a godsend, to be honest with you. So um, my... Children basically have a chromosome disorder, which affects everything midline. So there's neurological issues, swallow issues, cardiac issues, um, lung issues, kidney issues, liver issues, orthopedic issues. It's kind of it's all there. They both all three have an interest physical intellect. Yeah. Physical disability and an intellectual disability. So Sorry. Lily
1: is 14, Tom is 18, uh, Shona is 21. And Tom, by the way, is waiting for a spinal surgery for the last three years. For the last
2: three years. And, and
1: all three of them are in wheelchairs.
2: All three of them are in wheelchairs, yes. And then Two your or- younger
1: son, Luke, who's eight, has cerebral palsy.
2: Yes yes, the mild yes, a spastic diplegia, which is a mild form of cerebral palsy, yeah
1: and then you have will, who's nine years of age as well yes. so your life revolves around caring for all of your children essentially yes. to, to a degree that most of us would never understand because we're, we haven't been in that position
2: well, absolutely, like it is very busy um, and there has to be a lot of structure um. And just even if you just take Tom alone, like, I mean, just to talk about costs and everything that you wouldn't usually incur. So we share the care, myself and his dad, if Tom goes into hospital, which he was there for hip surgery there last in, last year. Um, so his dad usually stays in the Crumlin Hospital with him. And then because he's on a blended diet, he and Crumlin don't do blended diets. So that's me traveling up and down every day with food. So that's a trip to Dublin. That's four um, trips. Up and what and down, do you do with the rest
1: of the children when you're trying to do that as well at the same time? I mean, what, does somebody else have to look after them then while you're up and down to the hospital?
2: Yes, and right. at the moment I have to work it around. I, I do have um, a HSE staff package, um, okay. so I do have nurses on duty and everything like that. Yeah. But severe shortage at the minute. Um, but you do, you have to work it around. Um, when you have staff here.
1: COVID must have been a nightmare.
2: COVID was a nightmare, um, but it was also a very steep learning curve. hmm as well and it just highlighted how much you are actually isolated and how much you are actually on your own and even though we're coming out of COVID and everything now you know it's you're you're actually people like myself are actually pushed further back into the corner because the risk of mixing and everything like that and you're trying your damnedest to protect your children so this is a kind of a really you know, when the full restrictions were there, you actually felt safer of, yeah. about going out and getting involved in the community or whatever, but now it's, it's totally pulled back, so you're even more isolated, even though the rest of the world is living. And so, what, what,
1: what time, sorry, Rita, because I'm trying to get... I, I'd love to be a fly in the wall, and I will be in the documentary, by the way, because I'll get a better idea of what your life is like. But what time did your day start at?
2: My day starts about any time from quarter to five, to five o'clock. Five o'clock, yeah, would usually be the, the latest okay. I'm up.
1: Right, okay. So and sleep is not an option, then. really, in most yeah. in most situations. And when they were younger, that was probably even more difficult. At least now, if you have the HSE package, you might have some help uh, with that as well. But uh, I suppose getting up at five o'clock in the morning, and then your day finishes at what time?
2: Yeah, about half nine, ten o'clock. Okay. Yeah, and okay. then if if there's not a nice nurse on, then I'm up during the night for to give meds at three o'clock in the morning as well. So
1: right. Okay. it's it's pretty full on so that that must play havoc with not only your own physical health but your mental health as well
2: well you've you've got to have, like, i've met some incredibly people in the last 20 years on my journey and the kids journey and stuff like that and you know you've just you've got to take things a step back and mm. you've you've you know you've you've a lot of suitcases in your head because you have a lot of stuff to deal with and you can't deal with everything at once so you've You've got to put stuff in, in the back of your head kind of thing at times, you know. I put them in suitcases suitcase so you can zip them up, you know, because they're in a cardboard box, it might break and it might sleep out <laughs> before you need to <laughs> it. You're an amazing woman,
1: it. Rita. I, I, we were talking about this before you came on to myself and asked to get Ruth outside. We were talking about your family. And I'm sorry, your ears must have been burning. But we were talking about it and we were talking about your kids and the work that you would have to do and 24-hour care for a lot of them. And you're an amazing woman. I, I can't imagine. I suppose if I was in that situation, I would have no choice to deal with it. Well, I can't imagine a, dealing with that
2: you just have to deal with it and just, you just you know at the end of the day the kids are happy and once the mm-hmm. kids are happy of that's course. worth it's weight in gold and yeah. if you look at the struggles that they go through and the pain they go through and everything like that mm-hmm. you know if you can't if you can't sit back and have a giggle every day, well,
1: sure then, yeah. what have you got? Yeah, this is true. This is true. Well, look, I want to come to Brendan. Stay there for a second, if you can, with me, Rita. Uh, Brendan yeah. uh, Ring, who's one of the founders. Now, Brendan, I said Cleona at the start, and I do apologise because I've heard uh, Reese say Cleona So, yeah. is the correct pronunciation Cleaner?
0: Yeah, Kleena, yeah. That's, okay, alright. That's all right. the correct pronunciation, yeah.
1: Okay, so tell us, Kleena was 15 years of age. Sadly she passed away from an inoperable brain tumour back in 2006 and this yeah. kind of spurred yourself and Terry on to obviously set up this foundation to help other families that were in that situation. Because you understood yourself the financial burden of that too.
0: Yeah, and you see the the problem we had was that Kleena was diagnosed when she was 7. Okay. So she was 8 years um, undergoing treatment Surgeries and everything that goes with that, as a result of the brain tumor.
1: Okay, so and so every why. day you face that. Yes, of course yeah, we
0: fa- we face that, and that's why it wasn't as a direct result of Team Best that car- that that we said we'd start a charity. It was because we saw, for first hand, ourselves and thousands uh, of of children over the years um, struggling uh, with the financial costs that are lobbed on their parents and causing untold
1: um stress on the family. Now I know the state obviously in the HSC will try its best to assist people, you know, with different allowances and carers allowances and all sorts of different allowances, but it just doesn't go far enough unfortunately for most families, particularly with the rising cost of living at the moment.
0: Yeah, no the the, the rising cost of living is a huge problem and that's increased the the, the number of applications we've got this year alone. It looks like uh, we 50 received already in the first quarter of the year, so it's going to be 200 plus. Mm-hmm. But going back to that point, about the government? When you look at our funding model, right? I mean, it's going towards families, travel, accommodation, car parking, and and
1: sustenance costs.
0: That's over 55% of the costs are going there. There's nobody taking care of that now whatsoever, and.
1: And of course, um, using public transport, as Eamon Ryan might say on a regular basis, is not an option, I imagine, for Rita and families like that because they need their own transport because, of course, it's not an option when you've got children with difficulties and needs to be getting onto public transport on a regular basis. That just it doesn't work. Out.
2: Not only that, sorry for putting in there, but where we live, public transport is not an option because um, exist. <laughs> Bus Aaron and Wexford Bus to provide here don't actually have a wheelchair accessible bus.
1: Oh, gosh.
2: So we're on the main Ross to Dublin route, to Dublin airport and everything, but going on a bus is not an option. I thought
1: we'd we that phase, now I know we no, talked to, L- we talked to James last week actually, a young, a young chap who was doing a tour of Ireland, he was on the show with us on Friday, and he's doing a tour of Ireland at the moment, he's in a wheelchair, wheelchair user, and he's doing a tour of Ireland to tell everybody, you know, what is wheelchair accessible, and I'm mm. surprised to hear, you know, a main route like that wouldn't have wheelchair accessibility. No. Yep. That's that's quite shocking. So, Brennan, it's providing, I suppose, financial help to those who need it most, isn't it? And and how come you don't get any funding from the government? Have you applied, Brennan? Um,
0: There isn't a process of application, really. I mean, we spoke to a number of ministers and we've got um, some positive feedback, but like everything else, nothing has happened, and that's Mm. the problem. And, like, uh, we find ourselves in a very kind of worrying situation now because of the increase in demand, and... Like even in relation to transportation, right? If you look at our case, I mean, Kina had had brain cancer and trips in, in on, on buses and trains for her, and a lot of the families we have it just won't work because they're they're extremely sick. It's of course, very, yes, of course. It's a very private personal time, yeah. and it, that won't work. I mean, we have actually uh, paid to repair cars to get families to travel up and down the country to, to Crumlin. Because, look, the specialist care is in Dublin, and even though we've had almost 200 families in Dublin, we've had another 800 families outside of Dublin travelling there on an ongoing basis with these, what we call the non-medical expenses.
1: And you know what? For years I've been saying this in relation to the way we deal with healthcare in this country. The world, unfortunately, I say Ireland, revolves around Dublin when you need specialist care. A lot of people, we spoke to a woman last week who travelled every single second day or something like that from Galway to Dublin to get treatment. So, I mean, that's not acceptable. We need to decentralise a lot of this care as well and to provide it in other centres around the country.
0: Like we, we always find, and particularly we can speak directly about our own case with Keena. Keena got uh, beautifully looked after. In, in, in within the HSE, there, there was no problem, right? The problem arose when you were trying to spend time with her in a hospital. And if you walk through the hospitals, right, and it took us a long time to kind of tumble to this, the reason the parents aren't there because they can't afford to be there. Mm-hmm. And and the next piece of cost that we're finding on our applications, which are a very, it's a very simple application, is that the families are asking us to give them income support so they can step away from their work and to be able to spend time with the children, particularly in the very difficult times, and there are a lot of difficult times. And that that would be
1: a huge cost. Sorry, Rita, to come back to you. That would be a huge cost, Rita. For example, you know, uh, when, say, for example, Tom has to go in for a spinal surgery, uh, I don't know how long that's going to last or what the recuperation period is in hospital, but one of you is going to be in and out or be with him uh, a lot of the time, and then the other person then has to take time off work, I assume, or whatever way it works. I don't know much. The way it works yes, in your family. Yes,
2: that's that's the way that's, it would work.
1: So there's a huge financial loss then.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: You know, right. and I, then you, if
2: if we don't have somebody here, if we don't have staff on duty um, to to look after the other kids, then I actually have to pay somebody to come in
1: and look after the other kids. So. And so you'd need an endless pit of money, really, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Right, now, okay. like
0: the, the, the facts are now right. Out of all our applications, you'll always find that one or the two parents will have to give up their work, right? Of so course, that's yeah. A, that's an income stream that' that's gone immediately. Yeah. So that's a big that's a big problem. And like, wh- how we then have to look at the costs that still exist at home, like heating of homes, which is now a big problem with the way uh, with the rising cost of living, uh, electricity in the in their homes. Uh, all the associated with associated costs, their mortgages, all of that kind of stuff becomes a huge problem for these families, not when it 's a sh- short term thing but when it's a long term Drawn out process where children are going through this year in year out with their families. It's extremely difficult.
1: Like we know. I, by the way, can I just point out all of these families? I know that some of them are going to be featured on the TV. On the I was going to say TV three. It's the worst branding ever. Virgin Media three. Sorry, yes. it used to be called TV three. Of course, Virgin Media three uh, in the documentary. A lot of these families will be featured on this. Uh, Brendan, of course, and we're going to see exactly you know how uh, you know Cleaners uh, Foundation helps them. But sorry, I want to just come back to Rita in relation to Tom's surgery as well uh, that I mentioned a second. To go now, Tom, as you mentioned already, is a wheelchair user and he's waiting for spinal surgery for the last three years. Why has it taken three years?
2: Well, um, COVID was in the mix and then you have to wait for bed in Crumlin and then there was differing opinions and then there was, like the, for spinal surgery alone anyway, the, the waiting times are just colossal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yes. We were hoping to get in there um, in February. That hasn't happened, um, so we don't have a date.
1: And is he in pain? Is he in a lot of pain?
2: He is in pain, yes. Yes, he is in pain.
1: That's not good. That's so good. And, and, you know, when we talk about children, too, you know, we're, we're talking about an 18 year old and Shona's 21 as well. And, you know, and Luke is eight and and Will is nine. And these children will all be grown up, Lily is 14. They're all getting older, which I suppose as they get older and because they're wheelchair users or they need your assistance as well. You know, they're not children anymore. It gets more difficult because they're bigger.
2: They're, yeah, they're they're bigger. <laughs> like, I mean, and they're like Tom, if you stood him up straight, he's about six foot two Um so, you know, you've you've got all that in. And then they actually have the mentality of, you know, a two, three-year-old kind of thing. So you've,
0: yeah.
2: you've got to do all this. And then, like, currently Lily has a, a fractured femur, which nothing can be done about either because she can't even have any form of sedation, like, I mean, to um, to because of her cardiac status.
1: So... So how are they going to deal with that? So you just have to wait till it heals itself, is it?
2: Yeah, you, you just have to wait and it's... it's um, minding when you're transferring her and just, yeah, so it's, 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 it's not, you know, we all stay positive and everything, but, you know, it, it is, it is relentless. It's just one thing after another.
1: And I I don't mind to be disrespectful to you either, but it must be difficult to stay positive because, again, I can't imagine you know, because I'm not in your shoes, so I, I don't know what it's like to be in that life. And most people will say, and we had a woman on the air going back a while ago, Ger, she was talking about her son who's now in residential care. And she talked about how her life, she believed, now she wasn't giving out about her son, she loves him to bits and she goes to visit him all the time. But she said her life wasn't her own for many so many years. And it's not that she resents that or anything like that, but she does believe she's missed out on a lot on life. Uh, but you not only have one child with a disability um you have several children where yes. it's round the clock, and that must be so difficult on your mental health it really has to but take its toll
2: yes, it does, but you've 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 got to kind of go with ways around that mm. um you just have to you know we can never plan anything because. If it's if it's windy or it's cold, we can't go out. If it's too sunny, there's photosensitivity. Like I mean, so you've you've got to think outside the box all the time, and you've got to be open to change, and mm-hmm. that's just it. And just you know, with with looking after my mental health and everything, you know, as I suppose I don't suffer fools very easily. Kind okay. of thing, that, like, you
1: <laughs> okay, mean? And you've adapted um, well, is that what you're yeah, trying to say very
2: straight talking comparison. And yeah. it's you know I. I go on I, to YouTube and I take ten minutes. I do Pilates and I do a bit of yoga. Like I mean, if I get fifteen minutes, so you just distract
1: yourself every now and again.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, you just have to take that ten minutes every day, and that's and I, I know it mm. might sound that it's only ten minutes, but that's that's precious kind of thing, like yeah.
1: you know. And I see, for Brendan going back to you as well. I mean, this is it, it is around the clock care for a lot of people. The situation not everybody would have four or five children with disabilities, but a lot of people might only have one or possibly even two. So it, it's round the clock care and all that again costs money so what, what? how can you raise money Bernard or how do, How are you going to get money
0: well we've been raising money today for the last 18 years by you know support of community fundraisers uh, working with some local businesses uh, and some individu- individuals who, who have been very supportive uh, but as I said a while ago uh, like the well is dry and the applications are increasing so now um, we want to bring a spotlight uh, to these families we yep. want the public to know about it and in fairness you're helping to do that today it's, 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 it's a discussion that needs to follow on um, yep. much longer after this program airs and that we want um, the government to step in and to help us to help these families or help them directly but somebody well, I don't see
1: support. any reason why they should. Sure. there's any amount of NGOs in this country making an awful lot of money Brandon so I don't see why a good well, cause and this yeah, is a know, good cause shouldn't have look- some funding
0: yeah, look, I, I've got my own business and I all our work, Terry and my wife, is totally voluntary. Um, we, we, we're doing this because our daughter went through this for eight years. We, we've we met the families. We get applications every day. We know the seriousness of it. And this is a serious topic and it, it hasn't got airtime. And the only reason people are not aware of it until now is because it was very difficult for families to put their hands up and say, I'm prepared to discuss um, nationally with the public and with everybody else that I had to get funding from Cleanest Foundation. And now that they are,
1: we can become
0: more vocal about that.
1: Yeah, because, because I suppose for people getting funding, sometimes there's always, a, well, you know, the same when people go to the Vincent de Paul and, and whatever, there's a kind of always a little bit of an embarrassment about it, isn't there? There's a stigma attached to it.
0: A, a huge stigma attached to it. I mean, you have to give kudos uh, to Rita um, doing what she's doing and David Crow and the other families, the Russells and yeah. Beasley's. I mean, incredible, they are opening up the doors to the public, why? Because they know what it's like for the next family that's going to require um, support from Cleaners Foundation. And we are here to help as best that we can. There are, there are individuals in, in in this country, there are businesses, there's the government that can help us. We are always going to the people of Ireland and who are so generous and yes we're going back to those people again but this is such a large scale problem like we need to raise a half a million euros this year now tell me how are we going to do that on our own it's impossible well look that's well, look i I'm want to encourage people
1: today country. to i want to encourage people to help you know i know the documentary's on tonight and it yep. features some of the families by the way how long did it take you to make the documentary we've been
0: planning it for two years okay and um, we spent an enormous amount of time, even trying to get it made and to get it on Virgin. And it, it, it's two years of hard,
1: hard work. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. it. Will, it will people get yeah. a good insight? I suppose into is, into the day in the life of Rita Dempsey jobs? I mean, no I don't it, know. <laughs> Do really no get this, it. Is, we'll...
0: this? Is groundbreaking, never seen before TV. It's as simple as that. Bring your tissues. It's incredible. Did you hear what Rita said? Every morning, including Christmas, up at half four, five o'clock, not finishing until ten o'clock, half ten at night.
1: It's, mm. it's just And even and even then, maybe getting up in the middle of that to, for a feed or something like that, to help out with a feed if she doesn't have a particular yeah, and, help at and, and,
0: and then the likes of the Rita families and the, all the other thousand families, have, they're then saying, oh, when? how are we going to pay this bill? And who's going to pay that bill? And what people forget is that's all very fine. You can go to your savings, you can go to your credit card, you can go to your family members, right? And that'll go so far. But what, do you ha- what happens when that runs out? Now where are you going to go? You can't go
1: anywhere but to somewhere like Tina's Foundation. Well look if people want to donate and it's a wonderful cause by the way the documentary is on tonight at 9 o'clock on uh, Virgin Media 3 and as uh, Brendan rightly said make sure you have the box of tissues on standby uh, because unfortunately it's not an easy life to live with children with profound illnesses and children who have life limiting illnesses as well Uh, and once again by the way fair play to you Rita Uh, my heart goes out to all of the people who are trying to do that because from a financial point of view it's very difficult extremely difficult uh, to deal with that particularly in today's world but if you want to donate by the way you can go to the website and it's uh, cleanas.ie so it's it's
0: cleanas.ie that will bring you directly into our webpage and you can donate there it's very simple very easy Okay, um, just to spell
1: that for people in case you get the spelling wrong, it's C L I O N A S. I E.
0: Yeah. dot I-E. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, what I'll we'll do is I'll put a link as well on the Classic Kids Facebook page, on our Twitter account. I'll put up my own Twitter account in a few minutes as well. If people want to go to the link there, just click on the link and then go to the donate section. You can donate from there. And after the documentary tonight, maybe donate a few quid, 10, 20 quid, whatever you can afford because it's going to a really good cause to help people out. Uh, if you've never stepped in their shoes for five minutes, well, then you'll never know what it's like, but you will know what it's like after seeing this documentary tonight. Listen, it's been wonderful talking to you, Brandon. Thank you very much indeed. And you. and Rita, yes. you, you get the award for Woman of the Year. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> you, you get my <laughs> it might, award. It might
2: be a matter of opinion I, of who you talk to on
1: that one. Because I, no, I just no, can't imagine. No, no, no. By the way, I don't want to forget your other half as well, by the way. I'm sure I'm sure there's an award there too as well. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, 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 as you hear in the documentary tonight, uh, Rita described as as...
1: Superwoman without the cape. Oh I can and I can I can absolutely <laughs> see why. Rita, thank you to you and to all your family and everybody who took part in this documentary for opening up everybody's eyes to how difficult it can be. Uh, but well, how wonderful by the way it is as well, but how difficult it can be uh, to be in that situation and how a little bit of help from people outside can go an awful long way. Listen, Rita Dempsey Dobbs, thanks very much indeed, and Brendan Ring, I appreciate it. All Great, right. Thank you, thank you very much. Documentary's about. on tonight, nine o'clock. Don't miss it. It's called Ireland's Forgotten Families and if you go to the website cleanas.ie so it's c-l-i-o-n-a-s dot i-e and you can click on the donate button there 10, 10, 20 quid whatever you can donate uh, it'll go to I just can you imagine I mean in Rita's situation you know she has these wonderful children Lily Tom, showing it, Luke Will and her stepson as well and um, Almost all of her children have a difficulty. Uh, three of them are wheelchair users. Uh, Luke has ate a cerebral palsy. Uh, sadly, there's a, a chromosomal uh, difficulty, or should I say say, uh, problem. And obviously that's why this has happened. Um, but in saying that, she deals with it. She deals with it. You know, and I just, I don't know how. An angel, an absolute angel. I don't know, I because I can't imagine... Myself in that situation, I don't know how I could deal with it, but um, you will—you will deal with it. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan show.